And with that, we welcome you to the One Giant Podcast as we bring you a special episode talking about QB value in the NFL. As always, I am Adam Arbrecht, and over there is Andy Makowitz. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Excited to talk about value of each of these guys and not just look at stats in a vacuum, Adam. That's right. I don't clean the apartment because I don't like vacuums, and I don't like it with my NFL either. Before we do uh, dive in on that, though, we will just touch briefly on what, what is the most relevant or really one of the few news stories around the Giants right now. And it's unfortunately, again, with a player in a bit of trouble with the law. And that is, of course, the kicker, Rosas, who uh, we put the allegedly tag on there, uh, was found walking down the side of the road, a little scraped up, barefoot and bloodied after uh, being involved in a T-bone accident where he uh, collided over 100 miles an hour with a vehicle, then tried to leave the scene in the car. The car broke down. And he allegedly, again, then got out of that vehicle and took off on foot before being uh, detained by the police. I'll I'll take your thoughts on it, Andy. I don't think there's a lot of ways to go with it. But is this just going to be uh, a net result? Is this the Giants looking for a new kicker? I think it is. And I think the reason why is because there's no there's a host of reasons. One, there's no cap implications for the Giants if they just outright release Rosas. None of the money for him is guaranteed. Second is, he did have a, a challenging year last year. You know, he, he was a pro bowler previously. He did struggle. And if you are someone that subscribes to the idea that kickers are very replaceable and that there's only a handful of kickers that really have true value, uh, a guy like Justin Tucker comes to mind, um, then, yeah, an, an action like this, especially because – if if all this is true, Rosas is going to be suspended under the personal conduct policy. And then you're going to have to carry multiple kickers. If he gets suspended two games, four games, five games, you know, if, if Joe judge is looking to make a statement about the way to carry yourself, this is a prime uh, way that he can go about it. Just say, we don't have tolerance for any of this. Yeah. You know, and unlike maybe in years past, or we've seen a lot of fluctuation with coaches and GMs and everything else. Right. But it feels like Joe judge came in very much. Now the second incident, we know Deandre Baker looks like that's going to work out for both him and for the team, but this is about Joe judge setting the new tempo. And I think getting back to some level of what the reputation of the giants is supposed to be. And I don't think that Joe judge is going to look at a kicker who basically has had two out of three years have been bad from a stat standpoint, one incredible pro bowl season, 32 out of 33. I think he made of the year prior, but the bottom line is you're replaceable and it's not something that I need to tolerate. And it could be a nice opportunity for him to set the tone, make an example out of Rodas. So we'll have to stay tuned for that and, and see what comes up next in the news cycle. Well, Adam, the one thing I was going to throw back to you is uh, mm. I, I, sometimes uh, there there is no real middle ground with, uh, you know, they, they think he might have been under the influence of alcohol is is what uh, the police report is alleging. It was yes, 0.08, I believe. Yes. And it was 822 in the morning when he mm-hmm. blew that and uh, they clocked him at speeds of over 100 miles an hour. So I don't know if, if some of the 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 details surrounding what's happening makes it more or less egregious. Obviously um, no one should be condoning any kind of drunk driving here, but it almost seems like the story is, is pretty crazy where he's evading, you know, evading police on foot was driving hundred miles an hour, was drunk at eight o'clock in the morning. If, if all of these things are true, it seems like it would, it makes it even that much easier for the giants to say, you know what? We just don't even want to be a part of this. 
Yeah, you know, I, I do briefly. I think back to Kyle Loletta. Remember, uh, trying to drive around traffic, getting to practice. It ends up. It ends up. You, you take away from that. All right, it's a bad, bad look, bad decision making, and you know, you're, you're running late. You don't want to be late. Those kind of things. It looks like a bonehead move, but okay, you know, you're going to take a little bit of flack from the team, the coaches, and you'll move on from it. This is leaving the scene of an accident. You said the alcohol involved. Fleeing on foot, like all of these things, just compounding, 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 compounding. So that's why I think it makes it uh, that much more difficult for the Giants, even if they wanted to, to avoid uh, uh, getting rid of Rosas. And I think, again, uh, Joe Judge, special teams background, uh, he probably has a handful of kickers uh, around the league that he looks at and thinks, I-, I can replace this guy and go ahead and move into the into this season with this in the rear view. I mean, Nick Foles was on the, uh, I mean, uh, Nick Folk was on the roster in, in New England last year. Steven Goskowski is available, who was a Patriot for about 13 years. He's got mm-hmm. plenty of kickers that are available. And, and I, this is probably not the forum for it, but like, I never understand these D, D, DUIs for professional athletes where they could just like call an Uber and get a car service to take them anywhere they want almost every yep. single day of the year. So, you know, I'll, I'll step off my soapbox. I hope that everything works out, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants uh, decide to move on from Rosas. Yeah, so we will. We'll leave that there because, again, this is the the first of a few episodes that we'll do about the QB evaluation, specifically talking about, as Andy and I approach this, combining the price tag that you're paying for a quarterback and then the performance that you're getting on the field. So this is about return on investment. So Andy and I went to our separate corners, or in this case, the separate areas of the state, and we we formulated our list based on the salaries that these quarterbacks are making. And then we came together and we started to compare our notes. And surprisingly, not surprisingly, we're not dissimilar. We have some nice little pockets. There's some outliers that I think will come across along the way. But as we are a Giants podcast, there's a lot of players, Daniel Jones, being one of them that I think are really worth focusing on. So for our first episode on this, we're going to take a look at a group of rookie quarterbacks from last year. We'll, we're going to include Sam Darnold because he's a New York guy, some of these second-year quarterbacks as well. And because all their salaries start to fluctuate within this similar pocket where we can think, man, where do you have Sam Darnold relative to me? Where do you have Daniel Jones? So as we dive in on this, Andy, basically it looks like we're living in that kind of 10 to 20 range, we'll say, right? We're in that middle grouping as far as where we rank these quarterbacks. Where do you have, you want to start with our boy, Daniel Jones? Where do you have Danny Dimes sitting in this group? Yeah, I'd love to start with with Daniel Jones. So I have Daniel Jones based on QB with with cap considerations as the 14th best quarterback in the league. And, you know, as as we're going through this, he's the most important quarterback on the list for for us and, and our listeners. So it was important to figure out where does he fall. And, you know, I'd love to put him higher than where I have him. Um, but when you start looking at some of the names, it, there does come a point where it, it's almost doesn't matter how much more those quarterbacks are making you know like if if one of those quarterbacks is there and he's making three times what Daniel Jones is it's still hard to justify knowing all of the track records of success that these quarterbacks have had so I have him 14 and in that younger group that we talked about first and second year quarterbacks that are up and coming I have Mm -hmm. him number the ranked as the top one out of those four that you mentioned before we're talking about Sam Darnold Josh Allen and Drew Locke where where do you where do you have uh, Daniel Jones? 
Yeah, so on my list, he ends up falling 16th. And, and again, a lot of that is just for the reasons that we talk about. There's a, going to be a handful of quarterbacks that, regardless almost of what they're getting paid, are going to be a, above him because they have a track record, because they've accomplished certain things in their careers, and because uh, right now, money and performance, they're better than where Daniel Jones is. So I have him 14th overall. I think one of the things, just as we like to highlight a couple of the ideas of, of what maybe – holds him back from being higher or some areas of interest that we have with him. 62, 61.9 completion percentage. That's the number that I kind of looked at there. And you say, if he showed a better track record from that standpoint, it might help him move up the list a little bit more for me. Um, and again, making 5.9 million uh, on that on, you know, current salary. So that also plays a role for me as well, because you, you mentioned you have him 14th and the top of that of that group of players as far as the, the young crop goes. I have him just behind Drew Locke. And, and the reason there being, as we start to move around our board a little bit, is Drew Locke comes in with a $1.5 million price tag. So, you know, when you go inside the stats on what Drew Locke gave you, smaller sample size obviously as well but listen seven touchdowns to three picks and a 64 percent completion percentage i think he showed you a lot last year in that sample size and then you're talking about again i'm uh, getting them i'm getting them for five million dollars you know four and a half million dollars cheaper than daniel jones and this is where we start to start to hash out the hierarchy of what you're able to do with a little bit extra cat room maybe yeah, so I actually went about it a little bit differently than you did in terms of the four young quarterbacks that we're working with here. I actually have Drew Locke ranked as the lowest, and it's not mm-hmm. an indictment on him to be the lowest out of the four. I think, like you said, the $1.5 million cap hit is very exciting, and that's why I have him 17th on my list. But to be honest with you, with, with only five games under his belt, I just feel like we're not getting a large enough sample size for me to say I would take him over – uh, someone like Josh Allen, who's made the playoffs mm-hmm. before, over someone like Sam Darnold, who comes in with a little bit more promise, over Daniel Jones, who threw 24 touchdowns last year. I just I, I need a little bit bigger of a sample size from him in order to, to be able to move him up. But I certainly think he has an opportunity, uh, you know, to to actually outperform all three of them. Well, yeah, hundred percent, and I think it's fair to say sample size, right? You can look at what Locke did in a small sample size and feel good about it, but you you could very easily turn that a little bit over another couple of games. And we and we know too in the NFL, as defenses get more tape on you, the adjustments start to come, and how do you react to that? You mentioned Josh Allen. That's an interesting one for me too, because I I want to know, and I I do technically already know but i have josh allen behind daniel jones at 17th but i have him ahead of sam darnold at 18th for me on this list now josh allen making close to the same money as daniel jones actually a little bit less at 5.8 million and then you have darnold there at 8.3 million when i pull up the numbers i'm I'm curious your relative comparison here because a, a bonus or a positive for me when i talk about Drew Locke is also negative when I look at Allen because only completed 58, just under 59% of his passes. Career numbers has not gotten over that in those first two years, has not gotten to 60% yet. 20 up, nine down this past season, obviously, like you mentioned, made the playoffs, um, but, but the accuracy is the big concern for him. And that's why I actually put him behind in a small sample size, but that's why I forced him behind Drew Locke in that combination of the salary as well. Yeah, so I thought about the same thing. I have Daniel Jones, as I said, ranked at the top of these four. I have Sam Darnold second, specifically for the reasons that you mentioned about completion percentage. There, 
there are some really good, uh, you know, stats that say that 60% completion percentage is a real big benchmark in future mm-hmm. success for quarterbacks and, and the ability to, to be able to even uh, make your completion percentage higher. So for me, you know, seeing that Sam Darnold, um, you know, has that already in year one, he was 57 and a half percent. And then in year two, he went to 61.9%. So you can start. Yeah, nice seeing, jump. Yeah. You could see him trending up and, and, Josh Allen did move up about six uh, completion percentage points. So he has some progression from year one to year two. But, but Adam, I, I, this has been really grinding, grinding my gears for quite a while. Okay. And it's, it's New York Jet fans that just dismiss the idea that Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. And it may be because Sam Darnold was younger and he was uh, a bigger name at USC, had a little bit more star power there rather than going to Duke. If you look at the statistics, and we can compare almost any of them that you want. Do you want to compare Daniel Jones's year one to Sam Darnold's year one? Do you want to compare Daniel Jones last year to Sam Darnold last year? All of those different stats lend themselves to saying that Daniel Jones is a better quarterback. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing, it is, it's interesting to me. I think from inside the Giants bubble, we'll say, right, I feel very good about Daniel Jones. And I think that there's some people, some pundits out there that, that have seen the upside of him, and everyone points to the fumble issues and says, if you can clean that up, then you're really talking about taking that jump. But to your point, I don't not like Sam Darnold, but I think when as he came into the league, this is what was known about him. He has a bit of that Brett Favre in him, right? A little bit of a gunslinger mentality. And one of the biggest things that I look at beyond saying saving about $3 million cheaper to have Daniel Jones right now, the other factor that you talked about was the touchdown-interception ratio, 36 to 28 for Sam Darnold. You know, 19 to 13 last year, 17 up, 15 down the year prior. Even in this relatively we'll say small sample size from Daniel Jones, but two to one ratio, right? 24 to 12 for Daniel Jones last season in just 11 starts. So already seeing a, a higher upside in terms of protecting the ball from a passer perspective. Again, you can talk about the fumbles if you want. And then the other thing for me is, which which gets in a little bit into the weeds, you can say, um, I know Daniel Jones had, a, had an injury that may have been uh, bloviated a little to get Eli Manning back out of their field one last time uh, last year in, in his final season is the injury factor, right? So far, Sam Darnold also having some issues staying healthy. Be the mono is a fluke, but now it goes back to back seasons where he's had those concerns as well. So all this stuff combines apples to apples. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how Jones performs this year, right? Because now you're talking year three for Darnold. And that'll be second year in the same system relative to year two for Jones. And he's also going to be looking at a new offensive system under Garrett. If, if you look at the combined year one and year two for Allen and Darnold, they obviously mm-hmm. both progressed from year one to year two. But if you compare it to Daniel Jones in just his first year, which we expect him to be better in his second year, like you said, his touchdown interception percentage better for Daniel Jones than the, than both Josh Allen and Sam Darnold better passer rating for Daniel Jones over those two that are total quarterback rating for Daniel Jones. And this is only factoring in his rookie season on a mm-hmm. bad team with a horrific offensive line. So to me, like if, if you're willing to say that you like Sam Darnold and you liked his progression, or you like that Josh Allen completed 6% more of his passes, then, you know, it, it's kind of crazy to me to not think that Daniel Jones is going to take that next step and be able to become a leader and have a little bit more ball, ball control. Yeah and make his stats even better and build off of year one. So for me, when we look at these four, 
it's clear as clear as day to me, especially after digging into the numbers that Jones moving forward, I think has the best upside outside of Drew Locke. I just don't think Drew Locke has a big enough sample size yet. Yeah, you got to keep an eye on him. The other reason why, relative, I know you had Darnold above Allen. One of the things that is worth mentioning, it's going to be another uh, another facet to Jones' game that we're curious to see out of all, and that's running, right? Getting outside the pocket and running. So, you know, another thing that I took into account when it came to Allen was just the idea that here's a quarterback that, you know, ran the ball 89 times his rookie season for 631 yards, gave you another 500 on 109 attempts this past year. Now, the the return on that in terms of yards per attempt, not, not as high as you might have wanted it to be this past season, but still a factor, right? Mobile quarterback can get you some chunks of yards at times. He can increase that completion percentage, even to your point, that 60% threshold, then I think it changes uh, how you get him. You know, inside of this same group of players, I think we have to include as well. Uh, you, you talk about on the fringe of this, because right inside of our group here, and there's another young quarterback, a rookie from last year that we're going to get to. And I think everyone can kind of know where we're going. But Dak Prescott is another name. And the reason why I, I throw him into this is because for both of us, he falls right into the same type of area. $31.4 million, obviously, for Dak Prescott on the books here. And I have him at 14th. I believe you have him just one spot ahead there at the 13th position. What went into your thinking in terms of where you evaluate him? Because I think we've talked about it, right? There, there's value in sample size. He has a track record here. But what, what I guess, maybe pulls him down a little bit for you, yet still keeps him in the middle in that second tier of quarterbacks, even at the $31-plus million? Well, because at some point you can't ignore the stats. So when you look at Dak Prescott, he's consistently been uh, above 65% completion percentage, so better than all of the guys that we mentioned. His touchdown to inter- interception ratio is, is almost 3-1. to one. Um, and his and his passer rating and, and QBR have been better than all the guys mentioned. The the only reason why he's not higher on the list is because they have him under the franchise tag, and as of right now, that that puts his cap hit at thirty one point four million dollars. So when you start thinking about it, it it's not out of the question to be able to say, when you look at Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones, is Dak Prescott giving you five times the amount of value for what Daniel Jones is? I mean. Right. Listen, do I think Dak's a better quarterback than, than Daniel Jones today? Yes, I do. And that's absolutely reflected in these rankings. But is he five times, six times, seven times better? Like that starts to be a very difficult question to answer. Well, and let's and let's go to what we were talking about, this big factor, right? You're paying sub six million for Daniel Jones, you're paying 31 plus for Dak Prescott, relative to the results, I think this is the thing that you and I talked about when we were when we were crunching this stuff, right? It's like if you went to Team X and said, "Do you want Dak Prescott at thirty-one million, or do you want Daniel Jones? Do you want Sam Darnold? Any of these guys?" You're talking about that difference of an extra twenty to thirty, you know, twenty to twenty-five million dollars. Where can you spread that around? What other weapons can you fix an offense or defensive line? Can you get another skill position to help that player? So that's again the big factor that we're talking about here is both price tag and then production value as well. A couple of the guys that we should touch on here, obviously, is going to be some names that I think are interesting. Uh, Baker Mayfield, again, second-year quarterback that had a bit of a, a bit of a tumble when we talk about his second year from his first year. Uh, I have him at 22nd in this, so starting to fall out of that, that second tier at $9 million. You have him sitting there at 20. For, you know, for me personally, 
when you get inside the numbers on him, this we talk about, it's a great, it's great that you brought it up early because 60% completion percentage threshold. He fell just below that last year. And then for me, and I'm sure probably for you, it's the 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. We've talked a lot about, we're not going to get into uh, Jameis Winston and his performance from last season, but I know how big you were about the interception numbers. You just can't live with that from the quarterback position, especially on a team like Cleveland where a ton of talent, right? Yeah, they had they had the talent, and and that's why I have Baker Mayfield down at, at twenty. And you know, we talk about comparing him to Daniel Jones. You know, Daniel Jones, twenty four touchdowns, twelve interceptions. He's got that two to one. You know, he's a rookie QB, and he's only turned the ball over twelve times. Baker Mayfield, nine more interceptions. That is a lot of turnovers. Couple that with the fact that Baker Mayfield is making almost three and a half million dollars more than Daniel Jones. To me, you know better completion percentage, better passer rating, better total QBR for Daniel Jones. It, 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 to me, it was actually really simple to move Baker down. I Going into this, I thought I would have him higher than he is, mm-hmm. just knowing that he is still on a rookie contract. He is still uh, on the upswing of his career, I do believe. But you know, so at some point, the stats don't lie. He had tons of talent around him and, and couldn't complete 60% of his passes and turn the ball over. That, to me, doesn't put you in the top half of, of the quarterbacks in the league. So let's talk briefly on before we get to the, I guess the, what we considered our, our consensus top young player here. It's interesting. We both had Garner Minshew at 21st here. And, and the reason why I call it interesting is because I feel like everyone agrees that the Jaguars are just waiting it out, right? But Garner Minshew, $722,000. That's what you're paying for that, for that young man. Completed just barely 60% of his passes, but 21 up, 6 down in that touchdown-to-interception ratio. Is it? Do you just think that over a larger sample size that, that, that Minshew will bear out, that there's a reason why he wasn't looked at differently coming out of college, that, that it will bear out that the Jaguars are looking to get their next quote, franchise quarterback in the door? Because otherwise, we, we both maybe should be reexamining where we placed him again, because of how little it costs to have them under center for your team. Uh, that was a tough one for me because I, I don't mind Gardner Minshew and some of his, you know, regular stats are, are, are pretty impressive. You know, 21 mm-hmm. touchdowns for, uh, I believe it was how many interceptions did, did he have? Uh, six there. Yeah. Yeah. Six interceptions. So his touchdown to interception ratio w- was actually pretty strong. Uh, you know what it is? I, I, it, it, is this game he, manager syndrome? Is that a it, little bit of what it, we're? That, that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know, he it, it, he to me is was one of the toughest people to put on here because he is making so little money being you know a fifth round pick or, or fourth round pick uh, out of Washington State last year. Last year, so I had trouble putting him in there because his regular stats are are pretty impressive. But then you 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 start diving into things like QBR and he falls way behind some of these other guys. You know, he's a, he's a 42.6 QBR. Daniel Jones is a 53.6. So, like, when you start getting into some of the deeper stats, not just touchdown to interception ratio and maybe some of the advanced metrics, to me, he just – he fell a little bit short. I, I think he might be the, one of the people that has the biggest potential to make me eat crow, just knowing that he's making so little money, though. Yeah, yeah. If he comes back this year and has a similar – even just similar type of stat lines, right? If you're throwing north of 20 touchdowns and you keep yourself under 10 interceptions – 
game manager or not, for under for just over a half a million dollars, it's hard to not see how much value it has. And by the way, the Jaguars have gotten some other weapons and things there, so he may have an opportunity to even get better. So that that's as you'll find out here as we do these episodes, there, there's a number of, of opportunities for Andy and I to be looking back down the road and saying, boy, I I don't know how I managed to do that. I think Minshew people will be understanding about some other ones may feel a little more glaring. Now we get to uh, who we both agreed consensus best guy out of this young group of players. Now, uh, caveat, we're not getting into the true upper echelon of quarterbacks that we're going to talk about, which is a real blend of some of those older, uh, older, older quarterbacks, guys that have been around and been doing it. And then of course, some of the young talent, I'll leave it to the audience to uh, surmise who we'll be speaking to. But the last one I thought was worth talking about, obviously, is going to be Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals. You had him there, so we'll just we'll dip our toe into that top 10 for you because you had him ninth overall, making $8 million. I had him positioned just ahead of Dak Prescott that we had highlighted there, uh, so at 13 for me. And uh, I, I, uh, I'll say for me personally – what I really like about him is you, you talk about a similar stat line to Daniel Jones in terms of touchdown to interception, 20 to 12. That's a great number for you, obviously. You also really like the completion percentage, 64.4%. So already giving you a great baseline. And when you thought about him coming in, the stature, was he going to be able to complete the passes? Everyone said, well, you know, Drew Brees finds those little windows to throw through, even though he's not the biggest guy in the NFL. He seemed to dispel those rumors in a lot of ways. And then, of course, you get into those rushing numbers as well. Just 93. So I'm a little surprised they didn't maybe use his legs more. I thought it was smart that they didn't. But 93 for 544 yards and throw in four touchdowns there with his legs. What, what was your – Is a lot, I'm sure a lot of that's what you thought about. But what's the next What's the next tier for you and what makes you feel like value and production just line up perfectly with, with Murray? It's because – he showed everything that you needed to check the box on in terms of, is he going to be a quality quarterback in the NFL? You know, you mentioned all the different stats, so I don't need to go back through them, but the 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions shows that he knows how to take care of the ball. And it wasn't like the Cardinals were uh, a really good team overall last year. You know, David Johnson was, was injured and banged up. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's getting a little bit older this year, you know, I expect to see his numbers climb dramatically. He's now going to be looked at as a leader in year two. I could see him taking on, shouldering more of the load, like you said, even even through the, the rushing attack. And when I think about Kyler Murray, I just think he honestly is my dark horse MVP for this year, which I know I've now heard a bunch of other people say it. So I'm like, great, Andy, way to, way to sound like everybody else, but I just think he has that ability. If anyone's going to jump onto the, you know, jump off the screen and make that leap similar to what Lamar Jackson did, I think it's Kyler Murray. And when you upgrade, obviously we know at the wide receiver position, right? When, when you bring in uh, uh, an arguably what top three at worst wide receiver in the NFL, that's only going to help him. Also, I think you're right. Uh, you know, the the interesting thing too, and this this is basically you know we've seen we've we've lived inside of that basically 10 to 20 range with all these young quarterbacks. But you brought up the point as well. I, I think the quality of the team around these players is one of the factors also. I, that, that's probably the big reason why Dak Prescott ends up falling into this group as well, because they've had such good offensive lines in front of them. He's had Ezekiel Elliott. He's had 
at times different, at least over the last couple of years, a really strong receiver in Amari Cooper, even had Jason Witten at the back end of his career. So the weapons, the talent, the team overall has been very strong around him. And that's maybe why you put even higher expectations in terms of what the results are. All these other guys that we talked about, Daniel Jones, no Sam Darnold in there. Josh Allen, certainly the Bills getting better, right? They, they've been maybe overlooked now and they get into the playoffs. But all of these, all of these teams are what? developing, young, looking to rebuild a little bit, right? Retooling. And that's where I think you go inside the numbers. And because we're Giants fans, that's why when I look at at Daniel Jones from last year, that's what gets me so excited. And that's why I'm so high on him. Because one, I, I, I do look at it and say, protect him better. He won't be scrambling as much. He'll protect the ball more. He's already has it in his mind now. Those numbers all are all great baseline numbers for a team that hasn't won over four games in a couple of years now. You know, so there's really a lot to be excited about. That's that's maybe something that I think general population overlooks, not just with Daniel Jones, but these guys overall. Well, you, you just mentioned stats, and I think um, outside of Kyler Murray in this grouping that we're talking about, there's one other person that stands out that we – uh, I guess had differing views on just by based on where we have him ranked. And and that is Kirk Cousins, who seems to be a polarizing figure for a guy that doesn't even say a whole heck of a lot of controversial things, right? So w- when when I look at him, you have Kirk Cousins ranked 12th. He's making 21 million. I have Kirk Cousins down at 18, ranking 21 million. Talk to me a little bit about what went into your your thought process around where to put Kirk. Yeah, I mean, listen. We, we we rattled around this idea. You can tell how confident I am because I can barely get the words <laughs> out of my mouth. That's how that's how strong of a case I'm about to make here. Listen, you looked, you looked this, and you went, Welp, here we go. Here goes nothing. <laughs> By the way, in the background, as we're going through this, I like I go, like Kirk Cousins 12, huh? Okay. I guess that's I guess that's where we're at here, huh? I didn't didn't realize you went that high, Adam. It's an interesting choice that you made there. I, I you know, at 21 million, I, I think the number plays a big factor here because we're going to flex into some of these other guys the next time we touch in on this. 21 million is not a lot to be paying for a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Um, his track record is, is is very good. You talk about completion percentages, right? He, 69% last year, 70 the year before, a touchdown to interception ratio for his career at 155 to 71. So safely two to one, uh, not overwhelming. But by the way, these last handful of seasons, even going back to, well, I mean, let's go all back to 2015 with the Redskins, right? 29 to 11, 25 to 12, 27 to 13. I can go down the line there. Is he a bit more of that game manager mold than game you know, team leader, game winner mold, quite possibly, right? Has had has had some nice weapons on the outside for him there in Minnesota over the last couple of years. I just think that he's not going to cost you games. And that's a big factor in this, right? And maybe this ties into that idea of Sam Darnold, a little bit of a gunslinger mentality. You have to wonder about when it's on the line could he maybe make the decision that ends up costing you a chance to win it? I don't know if Kirk Cousins is always going to win you the game, but I feel pretty good about him not losing you games. Well, it's funny. I think Kirk Cousins is – he might be the most polarizing guy on the list because when you think about it, I have him at 18, and when I started looking at the stats, I went, ooh, okay. This is tough for me because he's got 70% completion percentage. He's throwing for, you know, 26, 27, 30 touchdowns in the last couple of years. Like he's got the stats. And mm-hmm. I think what it is, is that, uh, and this was told me to me by friends uh, who are Washington Redskins fans. 
and, and I think we hear the same thing from Minnesota beat writers. It's that Kirk Cousins might be the king of the NFL in empty stats. Like mm-hmm. you, it's third and 10, you need 10 yards, he gets you six. And then they punt. Or they're down two touchdowns and you need some kind of crazy comeback. He scores one touchdown in mop-up time and you know he throws a 27-yard touchdown pass. And so I, maybe that's what's sticking in the back of my head. We can't really label him the guy that can't win the big game anymore after he won a playoff game in New Orleans. So I think that is removed from kind of the stain on his on his uh, resume. But but again, you know, I think in the back of my mind, I just look at Kirk Cousins and say, for twenty one million, would I rather have Kirk Cousins, who has amazing stats? Is is he four times better than Daniel Jones or? You know, is he, you know, Dak Prescott's making 31 million. Is Dak Prescott worth 10 million more than Kirk Cousins? Those are tough questions that, you know, obviously we had to take a stand on. For me, I, I keep going back in the back of my mind that Kirk Cousins gets you five when you need 10. That's it. Well, well, well by the way, uh, and if I, if I want to, because I think those stats are good for my case for where I put them. But if I want to really, if I want to stick a knife into, my, into myself on this, it's that is Kirk Cousins worth, uh, what would it be? Twelve, thirteen million dollars more than Kyler Murray. That's the question because I have, you know, that that's where it becomes interesting because when I look at it and I have Kirk Cousins one spot again uh, ahead of Kyler Murray, at the very least, I would have done myself a great service if I just put Murray one spot up. If he was just ahead of right. Kirk Cousins, then I think I, I feel okay with it, right? Because I can make the case against Dak Prescott and the young guys and where we stand there. But that one stings a little bit because I think Murray's already given me enough to say, and you're probably right, maybe Daniel Jones and some of these other young guys, we go, yeah, I just as soon save 10 to ten to $12 million and, and take a run on, on one of the younger players. Wow, yeah. It stung a little yeah. bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I, you know, it, well, it's funny though, because I looked at his stats and like you said, you know, when he's got 70%, 70 completion percentage and his passer rating is far higher than any drew, you know, drew lock, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones year. I'm like, Hmm, this doesn't feel too good for my case. Um, so this may be one of those times where the the stats are against me and I went a little bit more uh, on feeling and perception, which, uh, we probably need, need to not do as much when we're talking about the value of some of these players. So. It's, it's the classic, I have parameters that I want to adhere to, but also the eye test tells me a little something as well. So listen, there are some names when you think about as we get into those those top 10s that we'll get into on our next edition of this. So we're going to probably do at least two more episodes. That'll be the QB value special as we're running it out there. Uh, and we're going to think about some guys like, obviously, the Roethlisbergers, the Matt Ryans, right? As you start to move up there, you're talking about bigger price tags. A lot of the guys we talked about here, for the most part, are the younger players and the younger price points that you had outside of a couple of guys. Then we're also going to touch on where did Jimmy Garoppolo land for us making $26 million, a Super Bowl runner-up, right? And also, uh, as the tease would say, still some young guys worth talking about, specifically for me, where did Andy Makowitz uh, put one young unheralded, unproven, we'll say right now, Joe Burrow. So these are some of the names we're going to have out there. Uh, Looks like I took one of the first slings here as far as where I had him ranked with Kirk Cousins. We'll see if I can catch Andy uh, coming down the line here. Any any closeout thoughts before we hit the road, Andy? No, you know what it is? When we look at doing this, uh, when we first talked about this, we basically said, let's independently do um, our own lineups. And what I was actually surprised about is we we had very, most of our 
uh, decisions, especially coupling the four young quarterbacks all together, we're pretty much in line. And I think that's why it's noteworthy to talk about some of the different outliers. And, you know, as you already started talking about, maybe one that uh, will be interesting for me when we talk about unheralded people being uh, a little bit higher than maybe they should. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also interested to, when we get to the top, I think there's probably a couple of the top spots. Once you see what these people are making, that it's going to be pretty much a no brainer to say, yeah, these are where these guys go. But then, like you said, you have this whole group of proven, established veterans, and you start playing the game. Is this guy who's won a Super Bowl more valuable than this guy who hasn't? But this guy's making $8 million more than that guy. And that's where we really start getting into um, a lot more of the, the overall value that we talked about before. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun and maybe even a little nerve-wracking when we first thought about doing this and then realized – man, I got a lot of work to do here before we can officially make some predictions or some bold statements about where we think these guys should be. Uh, we remind you, as always, to follow us on social media at One Giant Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And of course, head over to iTunes, Spotify, uh, anywhere that you download, rate, review, and subscribe to podcast. And please do so. As I said, we'll be coming back in with a couple more specials rounding out our list. And then, of course, We'll be in with all the news and notes and updates around the New York football giants. Thank you for being in with us, friends. And as Andy, Man- Andy Manowitz, is it is it Manowitz or Makowitz? I think it's Makowitz. Yeah. All right, we'll stick with it. I, but listen, consider consider changing. A lot more bravado behind uh, Manowitz. But anyway, as Andy Makowitz would like you to know. Let's go, Big Blue. <laughs>